you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again. Deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. 
I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well Podcast. Hi, I'm Debbie Brown. Welcome to Deeply Well, a soft place to land in your journey. This is a podcast for the curious and the creative that are ready to expand in their journey of higher consciousness and self-care. This is where you heal. This is where you become. Welcome to the show. This episode I know is going to blow all of us away, (laughs) myself included. We are going to be really approaching new territory in this episode. Something that we have expanded in on this show over the last few seasons is deepening our awareness of trauma and the role that complex trauma can play in our day-to-day life on our spiritual journey as adults, the way that it informs our parenthood, the way that it informs the way we approach our purpose or the work we do in the world, and the way it informs the way we feel and see ourselves. This episode, we're going to take that conversation a lot deeper, and we are going to really unpack the way that trauma expresses itself in children and ways that we can really help our children heal in real time. I am so excited about this episode, especially as a mother and a big believer in the power of inner child healing and reparenting. So this show, we have a very special guest. I would like to welcome Christine Mark Griffin. Christine is the founder of Spark All Wellness, a licensed clinical social worker located in the San Francisco, California area, and the author of the incredible EMDR workbook for kids. She has been working with children, youth, mothers, and families for the past decade in a variety of capacities. Christine's social work journey began as a mentor for at-risk children and youth and a mentoring program for survivors of domestic violence. Over the years, Christine's professional experience has included working with children, adolescents, and adults through child welfare, school-based mental health programs, and victims of crime programs. This has exposed her to working with diverse populations dealing with various issues involving child maltreatment, severe mental health, and complex trauma. Christine has a wealth of knowledge and understanding to an array of challenges in working with children and adolescents, including severe mental health, childhood experience trauma, sexual trauma, dual diagnosis, maternal mental health, learning disabilities, substance abuse, substance exposure, juvenile delinquency, immigration, incarceration, commercial sexual exploitation of children, domestic violence, gang violence, grief and loss, attachment problems, post-traumatic stress, and much more. Wow. Christine uses strength-based approach and works closely with clients to create an individualized plan to begin sparking a way towards wellness in a motivating and meaningful way. In addition to providing therapy services in her private practice, Christine is also a skilled trainer, lecturer, and consultant. As an EMDR consultant who specializes in children, she provides a variety of trainings and webinars on trauma EMDR-related topics. She has created and provided trainings for mental health professionals, educators, school districts, nonprofit, and professional organizations on topics such as suicide prevention, mental health, mindfulness, trauma, self-care, and building resiliency. Wow, Christine, thank you for your work and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. I I have 
I mean, I have chills all over just reading through the work that you do in the world. And the first thing that it kind of is telling my body and my spirit is what a capacity you have to hold this human experience. What a capacity you have to help others heal. Ooh. Yeah. I get that question a lot. I think people ask, how do you do it? Like, how yeah. do you do this work? It's so... I, I wouldn't be able to do that, to just step into the dark side of mm-hmm. things each day. And what I say to that is, uh, while there is so much darkness and there is so just horrific stories, just horrible stories that we hear from our clients, from the little ones, the families that I've worked with, there's also so much light. There's mm-hmm. so much resilience. And to watch that, to watch people grow through it, um, work through it, expand and just um, move forward Mm. and find meaning from, okay, maybe this was supposed to happen. Maybe this taught me something in some way. And that's so beautiful to see. And I think that's that's the driver for this work, just to see that beauty in in some of those, those places. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Chills, chills, chills. (laughs) Christine, how did you first find your way to this work? What was your personal journey that led you to something that, I mean, it just, it's requiring all of you in this lifetime and it's freeing people and children in a way that humanity so desperately needs? You know, I I don't know. When I was young, I thought I wanted to be I thought I wanted to have a band. I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer. I, <laughs> I had these big dreams that had nothing to do with with therapy and the trauma work that I do now. Um, but one thing I always knew is I always wanted to work with kids. Mm. Just something about being able to play and play pretend and just always have that like childlike part of me that I just love. And I I'm so lucky that I get to play. Mm so much in my practice with kids. My play therapy office has sand and art and toys and puppets. And it's just, it's so playful each and every day. Um, so yeah, I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to be a social worker and I'm mm. going to work with children who have um, this tremendous trauma. What I have, it was just a journey where children would somehow just turn to me and just share. And I would just, oh, thank you for sharing that part Mm. of you, that part of your story. I didn't know that part of you. So in my, in my journey, I started off as a child welfare worker in CPS, actually in LA County. Wow. And for those of you who don't know, Los Angeles County has the largest child um, welfare population. There's more children in the foster care system in LA County than in the world, anywhere else. And I did it. I did this foster youth group and I just thought, I'm going to just do a fun activity. It's going to be an icebreaker to get to know some of these teens. And at the time I didn't realize it was so therapeutic. And Mm. some of the teens had shared things with me that they had never shared with their therapist who they've been in therapy with for years. And my um, mentor at the time and my my supervisor, she 
came back to me. She's like, Christine, you have this magical power. Like, are you going to pursue therapy? Are you going to like some of these kids, they're opening up and they're sharing some of these things. And you know, all these other people, they've gone to school for it. They have, you know, specialty training to work with these youth. And I don't know, it's some kind of magic where you're, you're helping them open up this, this space to just share. And yeah, so that kind of just got me thinking like, wow, okay, maybe this is my superpower that I could tap into. Maybe this is something. And I I do enjoy it. You know, I do enjoy helping people explore, especially kids, especially teens. Um, Because most kids and teens who've experienced trauma and significant complex trauma aren't always surrounded by adults who know how to help them navigate that. And so being able to be in a position now where I am a grown-up that can Mm. help facilitate that and teach their main grown-up to do that too is just so empowering. It's just so moving. I feel I'm already very worked up, I have to say. Um, I just, I so deeply understand the severity of the things that you hear and the way I, and we're going to dive into this, especially with your book, because I'm really in awe of the capacity to hold this. Um, I, something I don't even know if I've ever shared with anyone. Um, growing up, I wanted to be a social worker and I didn't know why, but that word just dropped into my consciousness from God. Like I hadn't even met any social workers or seen, you know, them um, in real life. And I used to be, I grew up in the YMCA um, for a lot of years of my childhood. And when I became of age, they used to have a program called Counselors in Training, CITs, and you could go and you could be a volunteer and you could be a leader. And so when I was 15, I, I started my journey in that and I used to be a camp counselor for kids in the summer. And one summer I went and I was, I think I had just turned 16 and I was a camp counselor for kids uh, who were in a group home. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I had just turned 16, but I got all these 12-year-old girls. So we're not far apart in age. And I remember, um, you know, being in the cabin and trying to connect with them. And I had bought everyone like journals at the 99 cent store. And, you know, and we, we connected so beautifully. And I remember one of the girls pulled me aside and... <laughs> shared with me that her father had been sexually abusing her. And she just, she begged me not to tell. Mm. And I had to tell. Of course. And I just, I like I have thought about that almost every day. And I just carried so much guilt from having to tell. And then I also remember I myself am 16 and there were no adults that kind of walked me through what that even meant or the kind of emotional toll that was taking or like there was just no explanation. I remember I went and told and I was like, please, she doesn't want anyone to know. How can we protect her? I was only, you know, 16. And and it was just kind of like, okay, thanks. Yeah, we're going to call the police. And then they just, 
And then the police came and they took her away. And it was just such a shocking, scary experience for me. And it actually kind of really changed the trajectory because I, did, I didn't think I had the capacity to hold that for children. So I went another path, ended up um, becoming a journalist and eventually found my way back. But I just felt, I don't know why I felt called to share that for the first time, but yeah. it's just... <laughs> Children are going through so much, and we only begin to explore it when you're an adult and you're realizing the way that trauma has limited you and your capacity to live the life that you want and deserve to have. Mm -hmm. And just the thought of how we can meet these children in the moment of their crisis with these kind of tools and and what that can do. So I really want to, if we could create a baseline understanding for the audience, what is EMDR? EMDR. So EMDR is an acronym. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing Therapy, or EMDR for short. It's a very long, fancy, complex name. And how I explain to kids or just the normal person is EMDR is an evidence-based therapy that has been shown to be effective in helping people who have experienced um, upsetting, scary, or traumatic things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different from talk therapy or other therapies in the sense that there is eye movement um, where you move your eyes back and forth and you're asked to focus on the problem or the trauma that you are focusing on that you want to work through. And since it started off as eye movement, but now they've done research and there's all types of um, different back and forth movements that you can do. You can do tactile. That means just like tapping or um, moving back and forth. You can stand up and and like stomp your feet back and forth. And if you think about it, we are all doing bilaterals every single day. Mm. We're walking. You know, that's side to side. Your your feet are moving one at a time. If you're a mother, you're probably you're probably holding your baby and you're rocking them back and forth. It's regulating in a way to have that movement side to side. It's mm-hmm. natural. Some people have even who experience a lot of anxiety. That's something they do is they kind of rock back and forth and without even noticing they're mm. they're doing bilateral movement, they're doing back and forth movement to self-soothe. So there's a lot of science behind it, but uh the the gist of it is that someone figured out, Francine Shapiro, who created EMDR, she figured out that yes, we can have this structured therapy where we can do bilateral movement while focusing on something to desensitize it, meaning it doesn't cause us stress mm. anymore the way it, it does. It doesn't trigger us in the way it, it it normally does. So if something reminds me of trauma, I can know that it happened. I can be at peace with it. I can think that was the past. That was a year ago. That was five years ago. That was last week and I don't have to hold it with me anymore because a lot of times what happens with trauma is that it gets stuck. Mm. And the whole premise of EMDR is it's very, it's a very holistic approach because we are 
working on how the trauma is imprinted in us, in our minds, but it's also working on how it's imprinted in us in the way we feel and our whole body because our bodies remember the trauma too. You spoke about the young girl who experienced sexual abuse. And when I have clients who have had sexual trauma, there's a lot of body sensation. There's a lot of trauma trapped inside your your body in certain places. Yes. And if we only do talk therapy and we only focus on, well, what did you think about that? Or how, what do you want to think about it now? It doesn't capture all the healing that needs to be done. Yes. God, thank you so much for saying that. Um, that That's something that I, I work with a lot with clients. It's the holistic view. You can't just treat your mind. And I think... And I think a lot of people now that they're exposed to so many other types of treatments and practices were able to expand that within this larger conversation having around mental health. But mental health is body health. Mental health is heart health. Mental health is every health, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes cognitive therapy, you'll you'll reach a limit. And then it kind of keeps you in a loop where you're just repeating the depth of understanding you have with the language you have, but you're not allowing it to move through and out of the body. You know, speaking of of EMDR, especially for children, which I have your book, EMDR Workbook for Kids, um, which is how I found you. I was just so blown away when that came into my awareness. Um, EMDR as an adult, has been for me so incredibly transformative and it's helped my biology meet where my spirit actually has ascended to. Um, And it's been, it's just been as someone who has experienced uh, many different complex traumas, it's something that allows you to, as you explained really beautifully, get far more connected to your present moment so you can make a different choice and how you'll feel. And it it changes that some of those stories or intrusive thoughts from taking over the full day or the week or the month or the year to ideally being able to pass through it so much faster as you described and release it so much quicker so you can live. How does EMDR work in children? And what is, where does it allow, how does it allow a child to become um, and to heal differently than with adults? You know, it's funny with children compared to adults is that adults have much bigger memory networks and mm. experiences. So if you, since you were five years old, have always thought, I'm not enough. And you carry that perspective with you in every part of your life, in school, in your family, with your friends. And then you grow up and it's with your partner and with it's with your children as a parent. There's so much to unpack mm. as an adult. Mm. But when you do it with a child, their memory networks are so fresh and new. And so... EMDR is rather quick. Um, I might have several sessions with an adult working on the a negative thought. We call them negative cognitions in EMDR for the I'm not enough. 
And with children, it's so quick. Like it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes. And you're like, they just, they have this shift where, hmm, yeah, that one thing made me feel like I wasn't enough, but I just, I know I, I'm, I'm enough. Wow. And for them to travel through life in school with their friends and then future, like becoming a, you know, having a partner romantically, having their own family and just to have a perspective like, I'm good, I'm enough. And just have that confidence, mm. just a different lived experience. There's not as much to unpack, right? So I just feel like preventative or just starting at the root, starting at where it all starts versus like, let's, let's try to fix this later. Not that it can't be fixed later or it can't be reversed or there can't be healing done, but why not start at the root? Like, right? Why not start from the beginning? If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 
Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Deeply well. On one hand, I'm hearing the tremendous opportunity, especially for parents with children and whether those children have experienced, you know, the big T traumas, the little T traumas. It's about the repair therapy in in real time, right Mm -hmm. away. And even if you're having, you know, um, a challenge with your child and maybe you get upset, being able to apologize right away and make sure your child's worth is intact, Mm -hmm. that their self-esteem is intact, that their sense of being loved is intact, how transformative that is. Like, don't wait. Don't wait to meet that need. Mm Wow. Wow. And I'm also hearing, you know, for the adults, especially any that have a little trepidation around doing some of that deeper work, it's not that you can't always have access to heal, but it does get a lot more challenging and layered the longer you wait because you're having so many more experiences that are informed by those limiting beliefs absolutely. that are now going to be stacked upon all the other spiritual cor- curriculum you need to work through. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What are ways for parents that do have children that have experienced some traumas, um, whether, um, no matter what that trauma is, if it is some of the the really severe experiences that your child may have been sexually abused or physically abused, emotionally abused, emotionally neglected, or if there's just some disconnect at school in the way that they're able to interact with other kids, Mm -hmm. how can we be more perceptive to spotting that? And how can we meet that need? Yeah. You know, I I know that's a big question. That's a big question. (laughs) Some the work that I do with parents is that they, sometimes the parents need to do their own work too, to yes. have that attunement and awareness. It's really hard to be attuned and aware of your child's needs. Mm. If you're ignoring your own. Oof. Oof. Right? How can you know? How can you know if you're ignoring your own needs <sighs> and you're ignoring you know, what, what you need in this moment and setting your own boundaries, how are you going to turn around and see that for your child? But I, you know, I, as a mother, I think there's the flip side too of I'm really good at, at meeting my child's needs and then none of my needs, but how effective are you Mm. really at meeting your child's needs if you're not meeting your needs? So I think that's kind of the first step with so many parents who walk through uh, my office doors is I know you're here for your child, but I want to do a parent check-in with you. Like, how are you? Mm. How is this weighing on you? Because your child doesn't, is not in a vacuum. You're not in a vacuum. You're, you're all connected. So if something happens to anyone in the family, it impacts the entire family system it's not just, well, that happened to her and she's dealing with it. And then we're just over here helping her. Mm. Um, that, that impacted you in a way to know that something horrible happened for your child. And it's, it's now made them unlike them, right? They're, they're not themselves. Mm. And that's so hurtful to see mm. as a child, as a parent to see your child struggling, right? As parents, we never want to see our kids struggle. God, no. Right. Yeah. We want, 
we want our children to reach their highest potential. We want them to um, dream big and in you know reach for the stars. And when when they have things that hold them back from that, it's mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking to to watch, right? It is so heartbreaking to watch. And it's, it, I myself as a mom, I have a five-year-old, just turned five. Um, it's, it's something I have to really push myself to do is create pockets for him to build his like emotional resilience because I do want to swoop in at all times. I do want to find a way to make him smile, to make him, you know, to get him out of something. And sometimes I'm like, no, you have to let him, you know, also experience not getting his way and, you know, having sometimes challenges with, with his classmates or his other friends. But yeah, I, and I think that that is sometimes what, what can really hinder our children long-term too, right? Because there is that certain kind of trauma that can happen from not having the space to make your own mistakes, to come to your own conclusions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the mamas are like, but I love my babies and I'm breaking generational curses. I want to do this, you know? Uh. So a lot of, a lot of your work, you know, so, so, so rooted and helping to alleviate the suffering of those who have experienced trauma for a long time. And this is what I used to experience when I first started teaching. Um, we'd be given, you know, um, if I was working through programs in psychology or in somatics or um, meditation, previously, it would have like the tiniest little paragraph at the end of the textbooks that says, and if you happen to have a client that has PTSD because they're a veteran, this, you might want to take your time in this way. And that was really the scope universally of the kinds of trauma that existed. It literally really was only in textbooks, um, not textbooks, but in some of these program materials as if they went to war or if they were a soldier, Mm -hmm. this is how they'll feel. As this conversation that we've been having in mental health as a society has been expanding specifically since 2020. So just in the last three years, there's so much more understanding of the fact that complex PTSD is so prevalent Mm -hmm. in our communities and in, in our daily lives. And that, you know, this network of experience for so many people has been that people are carrying unspoken trauma. And from their childhoods, through generations, from experiences with partners that people don't talk about. So if you would, could you walk us through the biology of what it is to have CPTSD? I have this um, this handout and this graph that I like to teach, and it's this this spectrum of trauma. and And I think our society has come a long way in understanding trauma. There's more to go. There's yeah. much, much further to go. And on one end of it, there's acute trauma. So acute trauma is like a one-time thing. It happens once. It's a freak accident. Maybe it's a car accident. Mm. And as we move up the scale, the, the trauma can be chronic. So chronic trauma is when something happens over and over again. An example of that is maybe like domestic violence. It happens in the home every single day, that chronic trauma. Complex trauma is when 
perhaps it's chronic and acute, but it's a, a bunch of things. It's, there's domestic violence, there's gang violence, there's community violence, then there's immigration stuff and there's sexual violence. And that is all in one person or one, one lived experience. Yeah. That's complex. And when what happens in the biology is you're just in survival mode. So what happens in survival mode? We get certain hormones running through our, our system in our biology to just, I'm just surviving. Mm. Right. And your, your cortisol is like run, you know, running high all the time. And when you live in that, when you live in survival mode, 24 seven for many, many, many years, that changes, you know, everything. It, mm. it doesn't just change the way you think and the way you see the world. It just changes how your body responds to trauma. It changes how your, your heart holds it. Uh, and sometimes people are just so unaware because it's their reality that I've lived in survival mode and this is my experience and I've just never felt safe and I've never sometimes I don't even use the word safe with my clients with children because it's a triggering word within itself Mm. they just don't know what it's like to feel physically safe to feel emotionally safe to feel you know just holy holistically just everything just feels safe yeah and centered and aligned and it's scary it's scary because my whole life I've always had to be so guarded. I always mm. had to make sure I was looking around the corner. Like I had to sit in a certain place. I had to act and behave a certain way to look tough so that I didn't look vulnerable. Mm. And um, mm. so safe isn't always a word that I use with complex trauma yeah. clients. Um, but how do I feel at ease? How do I feel at peace? How do I just feel more authentic and centered with myself. Mm-hmm. And maybe that isn't safe. Maybe it's um, a less intense version of like, I feel, I feel secure. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And I have enough protective factors uh, like readily available to me as tools that I could use. But do I feel completely safe? Not all the time. And I think. In our climate too, you know, we move up the, for other um, traumas on the spectrum, the intergenerational trauma, Mm -hmm. right? It's your grandma and your great grandma and everybody, you know, in your family, everybody had this. This was just a normal part of our family line and story. There's racial trauma, right? A whole groups of people are experiencing the same trauma and when we think about the pandemic in 2020, you know, on the other end of the spectrum is the collective trauma that we experience as a whole society that nobody got, got away from COVID or no one, you know, escaped that collective trauma. Everybody was impacted and affected in some way. And so trauma is so complex within itself. And I think it's very rare. There's a unicorn out there if they're they've only experienced acute trauma, like they've only had one thing in their life. 
Um, and I think it depends on the person. There's little T's, like you said, the little traumas in your life that could be like bullying when you're in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be some of these big T's that we, you know, we've talked about and how they impact us in a big way. And each person is different. Big T's can not impact one person yeah. and one like child. It, even when I work with families and siblings, like one sibling's really, really impacted and the other sibling's like, yeah, that sucked, but it's okay now, you know, and wow. I, I'm fine. I'm good. And so there's different levels of resilience mm-hmm. for children as well. And that's, it's just such a broad experience for everyone. Mm. So that's so interesting in that way. And I think it keeps it keeps my work interesting because no trauma is experienced in the same way for children, for families, and it plays out differently for everyone. God, such a powerful point. And I think that's why it's so important for each of us to give everyone the dignity of their own process as they move through something. You're, the point you spoke to about the word safe right? In and of itself being triggering. God, that is so real. I know so many listening right now are are really relating to that. Um, it's one of the reasons at the beginning of the show, I don't say this is a safe place. I say it's a soft place because I have no idea what safety means to anyone. And mm-hmm. it's that kind of feeling that for so many, it's just an abstract word. Like, what does it even mean? Like when we kind of go for these, I think especially at the beginning of, you know, one of these kind of journeys of awareness, um, of awakening to your experience, a word like safe or a word like peace, if there is no baseline of ever having had that experience, mm-hmm. you don't even know what you're trying to create. You know, those words not only don't make sense, but they kind of feel like it hinders you because you're chasing something you don't even know how that feels in your body. Mm-hmm. Wow. You wrote this beautiful book, EMDR Workbook for Kids, a collection of EMDR handouts and worksheets to help kids process trauma, stress, anger, sadness, and more. What made you decide to write this book and how did you begin to pour all of this experience into something that could be really metabolized by children? You know, I I can't take credit for that entire book. I really can't um, because I had so many little clients that helped me. Mm. It was such a, it was such a collaborative project. Um, so when I first got trained in EMDR, there were not a lot of resources for children. And because I mainly work with children, I was so excited after I got trained in EMDR and using that therapy modality. I did my research. I was looking everywhere. I, you know, looked on the internet, looked for books. Is there, is there a worksheet? Is there a workbook? Mm. And at the time I was working in schools uh, elementary school, a lot of elementary age children, and I didn't have a fancy office, right? I didn't have all these uh, resources available to me. Sometimes I was like stuck in a janitor's office working on sexual trauma with an elementary school child, right? And Ooh. it's incredible how much 
you can do therapeutically with just paper and pen. Mm. And really, you can have the fanciest tools, but the best therapy tool is like you as a person, like humans create therapeutic experiences, Mm. not the therapy, not the, you know, the fancy tools that you can get for EMDR. There's lots of tools out there for bilateral movement where you follow the light bar or there's like buzzers that you can get. And all those tools are fantastic. They're supplemental Mm. to the therapy, but really it's, it's the person who is, is creating that space for that healing. And yeah, so my book, I, with limited tools, I didn't find a lot out there. I just pen and paper or at the school on the whiteboard, I started drawing. We made like, there's a, something called the SUD scale where we're just asking children and and adults to rate how stressed do you feel now on a scale of zero to 10? Very similar to when you go to the doctor and they ask, what's your pain level, right? Mm -hmm. On, on this scale. And instead of just boring numbers, we, my clients are, my children are asking, can, can we use unicorns today? Or can Mm -hmm. we use donuts? Or can we like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And it would be so interactive. They would be drawing dinosaurs and we would give the dinosaurs a name and um, they would use that as their rating scale. And over here is your calm dinosaur and over here is your dinosaur who's freaking out a little bit and really stressed. And they would choose which one, where they were at. And so I just started creating them for my own personal use. And mm. my kiddos was, who, you know, they love Spider-Man. So I would make a spider web one or it was Halloween. So I would create like a ghost one and just make it fun and have fun themes for kids. And then the pandemic hit Mm. and everybody went virtual. Everything was virtual therapy. Wow. And I didn't have pen and paper or whiteboards anymore. So I started creating these PDF worksheets to put on the screen and share on Zoom with the kids. And they would take the Zoom tools and draw on it. And when I showed my consultant this, some of these worksheets I've created, she said, Christine, these are are incredible. Where, how many do you have? Like what, where are you putting this anywhere? Are you selling this anywhere? Like other therapists would love this. Like we need this right now in the pandemic. Like we need more tools to do EMDR virtually with children. Like so many therapists have no clue what to do and how to do therapy with kids virtually right now. And you have all these resources. You need to make them available. So yeah, I think I have about 50 50 worksheets. Like that's a good idea. Maybe I'll just throw them on Etsy. I'll just, so I, in 2020, I started my Etsy shop and I just, for a couple dollars, like one or $2, I put a couple worksheets up and it was just a free down, like I had some free downloads and then just for a couple dollars, and it totally took off. Wow. So many people started um, buying those worksheets and and messaging me and asking, can you create this? Or I've been thinking of this idea. And other therapists are reaching out like, if you ever create something like this, I would love to see it. Please like mm. reach back out to me. And then I began to think, maybe I could make a comprehensive workbook out of these worksheets that kind kind of blossom from the necessity of a there weren't any 
where there were any out there. So I created my own and it wasn't for anybody. It wasn't for like the mass, the masses like it is now. It was, I, I catered it to the little ones that I was working with. And so, yeah, my original ones, like, it's funny to look back on them now. They're these little unicorns and, and donuts. Um, and now it's, it's this comprehensive workbook that I'm so, so proud of. And it's such a journey, but really cool to just have the help of, um, a lot of the children that I worked with. And now they come into my office and they're like, was this my idea? Did you, (laughs) did you, I was like, you inspired me. Yes. You helped me with that idea. Thank you so much. And they're so proud. They like to show off and they have a copy of the book and they tell their parents. Oh, wow. Miss Christine included my idea in her book. Wow. That was so special. Would you say that the pandemic was kind of, um, especially for people that do this work of the mind, the body, the soul, to me I really received it as a time of like heightened creativity of like trying to find breakthrough ways to do something on zoom Mm -hmm. but that actually are like breakthrough ways that humanity and society needed at this juncture of our collective experience yeah it was for me I can definitely say that was so true it just unlocked this this creative part of me and the need for it, the drive behind it and mm. so many other creative ideas or needs really of, Hey, I would love to see this in Spanish. Like, do you have like a version of this? Um, so I could do it with my wow. monolingual Spanish speaking children. Um, you, can you make a taco scale or like a, a hot sauce one or, you know, just like, bringing identity and culture into it was so um, like mind blowing for me. Like, yeah, like I, I haven't thought about that. Like let's, I, I'm not, I took Spanish, but I would need someone else's help to help me translate some of these worksheets, but we can definitely make them available in Spanish. Um, And I'm actually working with my publisher right now to get the workbook published in multiple languages. How amazing. So it's it's going to be a wild journey and very, very cool to see that this can help so many children in not just the U.S., but so many other countries. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. 
from herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Deeply well. What can we be doing better as a society at in really supporting our children and our adolescents? I think just showing up. Mm. And I think everyone has the, it's so simple, but like can be challenging and hard with, with life um, and the things we go through as adults. I think if you are just consistent and you show up with the children in your life, the teens in your life, that's going to make such a big difference. And showing up and being present, I think that mindfulness of just being there is so important. And it's, it's this, okay, well, how do I get there? Maybe I do need to work through some trauma yeah. to be present and to show up. Or maybe I just need to make time, right? Maybe I need to prioritize certain things to show up. So I think every parent is going to show up in different ways. Yeah. And how do you show up with your children in a way that is meaningful and has this connection that it's, it's a two way street. You know, your children are, are pouring into your cup, mm-hmm. but you're also pouring into theirs and finding those activities and things that you do together for that quality time. I love that so much. That has been. <sighs> I used to say that I, you know, well, I used to meditate for my healing, for how I wanted to show up in the world, in my work. And now I, I find myself really connecting with meditation for the space it gives me as a mother inside of myself. Like it really changes the way 
I'm able to be present with my son. Um, and I know, you know, for parents listening, I would love to share a practice I do because sometimes these concepts sound amazing, but if you are exhausted, <laughs> um, it's really hard. And depending on what your home looks like, you know, not everyone has a long, wide um, tribe or community or family system, you know, uh, for the single moms like myself, it's, you may not have extra time to find time, but something that I, I do that really helps me is when I, when I'm looking to really create some of that special locked in present moment at time, like we are playing, we're looking each other in the eyes. There is, it's unstructured. We're just really connecting our energies. Um, Whenever I feel this pull inside that's leading me to everything that I have to do tomorrow, to all the things throughout the house that need to be done through the lists that are just never ending mm-hmm. um, in our lives, I, I use this word with myself a lot. I say just melt, 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 melt. And I'll be sitting there with him and he'll watch me do this practice and I'll take a deep breath. Melt, 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 melt. And I'll just say that, and I kind of envision myself literally melting into whatever seat I'm in or into the floorboards of the ground. And it instantly creates this new container for me that lets me be even more present with my precious one. And those moments, you know, it's not how, it's not as much how much time you have to spend is what's the depth of the time that you're spending? What's the quality of the time that you're spending? Are you letting them be really seen, you know, really held, really connected to? So it is challenging depending on the background. I know sometimes we share information on this show that can get stuck in theory for a lot of people. If you don't know some of the more tangible, slower ways to implement it, it's not going to be a massive change all the time. It's not rainbows and puppies. It's not perfection. It is, can I give a little more of me to my child in this exact moment? Mm -hmm. I have one more question I'd, I'd like to ask you, and it is a big question. What are some ways that parents can start to notice their child's experience a little more? Are there any signs that show themselves in subtle ways for trauma or your child being under duress or having an experience that they don't know how to process and move forward from? How can we be more aware of what's happening in our children's inner lives? I think it starts with knowing your child's baseline Mm. and what their normal is like my nor- my child is is normally quiet and shy that's just their personality that's you know they they enjoy quiet activities reading or is your child um more you know energetic rambunctious hyper i think most parents have a general idea of what their child's baseline is. Mm. And when it's different from that after something scary has happened, and maybe it's just, sometimes it's just normal life stuff like grief and loss. A grandparent passes away, Mm. right? A dog, a family pet passes away. 
and your child's a little different. Maybe they are more attention seeking now and vocal or maybe they're withdrawing a little bit more and that's unlike them. So it's, it's paying attention to how is my child acting and behaving and is this normal it's normal it's a human experience to feel sad like after your pet fish has died or your grandparent you know there's these normal emotions that we experience and so not getting hyper vigilant oh my gosh I need my child to go to therapy right now because they're really sad well yeah they're supposed to be sad right now because grandma just passed away but when is it abnormal Mm. And typically, if you see your child not being themselves and they're not at their baseline, I would say four to six weeks, um, beyond four to six weeks after something has happened, then that's where we want to maybe try different things. And it doesn't have to be as intensive as therapy. Mm. Um, It might be, hey, maybe it's signing uh, the family up for a summer camp, you know, summer activity or doing something kind of just like to pull the out of the everyday routine, um, like changing it up a little bit. Let's change up this routine and this pattern um, and kind of shake it up a little bit Mm. so that there's some movement, um, you know, and maybe it's reconnecting with community and Mm. their friends Mm -hmm. or a sport or something. You know, there's so many therapeutic way there's so many outlets and therapy is one of them that it's a great option but it doesn't always need to be the only option Mm. Um, when it gets to that point I think being aware of what your child's baseline is and then helping them to make a change in that I know some parents uh, who have the resources they you know, they can go on vacation somewhere and just change the environment. Um, another, and if you don't, that could also potentially look like maybe going to a park on a different side of town in a different area Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing some of the day-to-day free things that you enjoy with your child, but maybe 30 minutes out or, you know, Mm -hmm. take a drive somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, for pet loss, I have parents who like take, take their child to the SPCA and just like help out with the dogs and the kittens or, you know, go to Petco or PetSmart where there's like some animals and, you know, you just look at the fish in the store or whatnot. It's just, there's so many different ways you can just change up the, the everyday routines and routine and structure is good. But I think sometimes just, just change it up, have something to look forward to Mm. children and adults, we like to have something to look forward to. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, that would be my, my biggest advice for parents. Know your child's baseline and, and when it strays away from that. For those that are parents or those that are in community with children, what are some signs that a child may be letting you know that they are experiencing trauma? or experiencing abuse? Yeah. I think, again, it's going to be different for each child. You know, some children are going to 
their their trauma is going to be shown through aggression and harming others in a certain way. Um, well, on the other end of the spectrum, some children are going to be really quiet about it, very secretive. Um, I think it depends on the type of trauma too. So, I mean, some traumas are like phys- if if a child's being physically abused, you really you see bruises, you see some of those things, and then there's some traumas that are invisible, right? The, the sexual trauma, verbal abuse. You know, if if a child's going home every day and and someone's name calling them or they're experiencing or witnessing domestic violence and they're not getting harmed themselves, it could be so invisible. Um, so again, I think still it's that baseline of how's this child normally? Mm-hmm. And then what has changed if something different has happened? Paying attention to the children who make loud statements of, I, I need help. They're crying out for help, but also the quiet ones mm-hmm. who are like, I'm invisible. Don't pick on me. Nope, nothing, nothing. I'm a wallflower. Mm. And that's their protective. That's how they protect themselves at home. Be a, be a wallflower. Be invisible so mm. that you don't get hurt. Wow. Mm, thank you. For those that are connecting to this episode, how can they further connect with you? I would love to connect with everyone more. Um, you can find me online. I have my website is Spark All Wellness, and that's the same Instagram handle. You can find me on Instagram. And I just launched a YouTube channel, and it's going to be dedicated to EMDR videos for children. Wow. So we have a couple of videos up that I just launched two weeks ago. I'm super excited. It's it's geared towards children for therapists to use. You can be any kind of therapist. You don't have to be an EMGR therapist, um, but also a resource for parents to use with their children at home mm. in between therapy sessions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. At the end of every episode, we extend to those that are connecting to a little bit of what we call soul work. So that can be as they move through this episode, the way the thoughts or practice that they could be sinking their teeth into um, throughout the week until mm-hmm. we meet again. So I'd love to to ask you to share maybe a practice or a thought or a prompt to close out the episode for everyone listening. I would love to. So in EMDR, we have um, this intervention called future templating. And it's essentially visualizing the best version of yourself, handling challenge, Mm. but handling it as your best self. What do you look like? What are you saying? What's your posture? What emotions are you feeling as you handle this challenge in your best self? What does your body feel like as you're handling this challenging situation as your best self? Mm. And just imagine, just be there. Imagine yourself handling those challenges and know that it's within you 
It's always there. And you can access this best self for all those challenges that are to come. Mm. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deeply Well. Your beautiful book, EMDR Workbook for Kids, is available everywhere. Order it on Amazon. I Amazon primed it, got it same day. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I I really believe um, something I, I enjoyed. One of the things I enjoyed about your book is, you know, I think whether you are a parent or just a living being that is on this planet with children, um, it could be really powerful to have a copy of this to just help you navigate and understand how maybe you can show up in service a little bit more in every interaction that you have with a child. Um, I believe with my whole heart and soul how important that is. Every child you pass, um, if there is this space for it in your heart and in the time and the interaction to impart something and it doesn't have to be wisdom. It could be that you looked that child in the eye. It could be that you shared a smile with them as they passed you or just an observation. Um, I really live my life in that way. And I believe that we can have in every moment, a tremendous opportunity to be a vessel for God um, and to shine light on someone that you may have no idea what's happening in their life and how much that could mean. Yes, <sighs> I love that. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. I'm so honored. Thank you for having me. We will be back next week. Thank you for joining us. Namaste. 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 Connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives with 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional. You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. 
change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.